Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon and Cleveland, Ohio. We have over 700 books, over 25 employees, and we make about 40 new books every year. And we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or maybe you just want to understand the publishing industry. This week's episode, how much stock should I bring to events and how should I organize it? That's a great question. Thanks, reader, for the question. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we just did an event. We just did the Portland Book Festival. That was my first event since before COVID, like that I worked substantially. Wow. Joe's done a few. More than a few. <laughs> but who's counting? Um, so, yeah, Joe is um, at Microcosm. I manage the sort of event planning and logistics and personnel of events and scheduling and whatnot. And Joe manages our stock and what we bring and how we set it up. So this really is more of a Joe question. We've both done a lot of this though. Right. Well, and you know, and this really goes back to the most basic of mathematical principles, which is called N plus one. Praise math. And and it's very different when you have 10 titles versus when you have 100 titles. You know, how many you'll sell of each. And because people just have a much easier time finding the things on your table and navigating all of what you have available, you know, like once you get to the point of having 100 items, very few people are going to evaluate every one. They're going to look kind of to get the feel of what you're doing rather than the exact specific substance of everything that you do. So, you know, and 10 is a good barometer. Very, very few people bring too few items. Most people bring too many items. I would say the you exception know. to that, though, is like if the person who wrote your book or what zine or whatever is like the keynote speaker of the event, then you want to bring more like, I don't know, however many people are at the event, but like a quarter of that number. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And so, yeah, there are other factors like that. So the number N here is um, is the sort of what you sold at your last event of this title that was a comparable event or what you sold at this event last year and you know so then you want to bring one more than that and so you're kind of looking at best practices that way so if this is your first ever event it's a little more difficult but though most people tend to bring too much instead of too little you know for whatever reason like the psychology of scarcity works backwards with events it's so, <laughs> and so, you know, like, I can't tell you how many times we've, like, loaded up for tour and been like, um, do we need this much merchandise? Well, the we first really time need... I packed for tour was my first tour, and I, I made that car so full and made so much work for myself because it was also my job to, like, unload it, set it up, and load it back in every day. Joe, I think, is still teasing me about that forever. 
Probably. Deservedly so. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's more the thing where, you know, like the mentality is more like, oh, what about this? Some people might want this. What about this? We should have had more of this. Oh, if we had one more of this, somebody would have wanted it. You know, and you just you can't really get into that kind of thinking because everything you do is at the cost of something else. You know, which is why the one thing you want to always bring a lot of is catalogs. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing that you really the mentality, the cognitive mistake that a lot of people make is like, oh, well, this is a brand new book, so everybody's going to want it, and there's going to be this many people there who are interested in this subject. And the reality is, yes, those things may be true, but also most events are rather punishing for attendees, you know, in that, like, the lights, the floor, the environment, the crowd. It does. It's not conducive for, like, learning about something new. You know, so you're much, much more inclined to take a catalog and go home and be like, oh, that was a cool catalog. I should look that up now. You know, like your home is a much more comfortable environment for learning about new things than a brightly lit, crowded space with a hard floor. Yeah. And like when you're counting the benefits of events, like for us, like selling a bunch of stuff, moving products, getting books into people's hands, generating cash flow is great, but we know that like marketing is a huge part of the goal of that event, like putting your catalog in someone's hands where it can like live in their bathroom for the next three years and then they'll buy some zines one night while they're drinking beer at 2 a.m., you know? That's that's a real phenomenon. And that's like what you want to aspire to more. Like you're you're trying to create, you're trying to open the mouth of the funnel. So you're really trying to let people into your world rather than making the event the one time to get your thing. And then, and oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say for that reason also, like even if the event, like say that you are a feminist bicycle book publisher and you're going to an event where like feminism is the topic you still want to bring your like books that are more about bicycling than feminism. You still want to bring your whole range of books, like obviously more of the ones that are of topical interest, but you want to show all the things you can do. Yeah. And you want people to be able to see what you're about broadly. I mean, I find it very, very funny when we do these events and people think we only publish bicycle books or feminist bicycle science fiction books or things even more specific than that, because it's very entertaining to think that we would be that niche but then on the other hand, we are that niche. So it's <laughs> it's like we do a couple other things, but we do that thing well. So that is sort of the emotional remembrance that you want them to take. But, you know, many years ago, uh, 20 years ago, probably. So uh, Abram Himmelstein, publisher of New Mouth from the Dirty South. I was talking to him after an event and I was like, Abram, why can't it be that at the end of the event, you just have nothing left and you just sell all the things. And he said, Joe, my young liege, if that happened, that would mean that you didn't bring enough stuff, which means you could have sold so much more. And I was like, damn, Abram, you are right. I don't want to ever run out of everything, which has happened a few times. You know, where like we've dramatically understated something. You know, so that's kind of where the N plus one comes from, that like things tend to grow a little bit each year. People's friends tend to tell them about something they got at an event last year, and then they make the logical assumption that they can get it this year. 
things like that, you know. Yeah, and the best events are like well-run events that happen year after year consistently and that you can learn from each time. Mm-hmm. And then- so, you know, and yeah, you just forever, ever, ever want to think about it in terms of... <gasps> Jess well- is here. Oh. Hi, Jess. Hello. So yeah. we are actually recording right now. You're jumping in right in the middle. We're talking I'm about... I'm so sorry. I'm so oh. sorry. Not a problem. Um, we're going to talk about your book in a sec, but we're right now we're talking, we're answering a reader question of how, um, how many, what kind of, how to pack books for an event. And so everybody, this is Jess Driscoll, who's the author of the new microcosm book, The Magic of Pockets. We're Do not- you put the books in your pockets? <laughs> if, well, many microcosm pocket uh, books are, are small enough for pockets. That is true. It is and true. if you sew your own pockets, you can make them as big as you want. Ooh, so that's a good promo. Our next episode <laughs> is going to be about Jess's book. But for now, Jess also is a longtime tabler of zine fests and farmers markets and other types of events. Um, so yeah, what's like? How do you? What's your strategy for choosing how much stock and what things to bring to an event when you have a ton of stuff? Ooh. Um... You got to think about how long is the event. That's the first thing, right? So I know that you all probably do some big like weekend events. I or longer. Do one day or longer. <laughs> yes. I Not usually, to scare you. I usually do the one day events. So. Mm-hmm. So how do you determine how much to bring? Uh, I like to bring more variety rather than quantity. That's what I think about. I think about getting a lot of different, and also because I make a ton of zines, I just like make and make and make. So I bring variety, I bring quantity over quality. Nope, quality over quantity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully both, you have both. No need to emphasize, yes, there, I mean, those things are not at odds. That's the, the beauty of <laughs> quality and quantity. That is absolutely true. true. You can have but yes. fine zines in small or large numbers. And that's, I mean, and this is a strategy we've employed too, where like, if you bring two copies of something that's less popular, like you more or less know that if you say we only have those two, somebody's going to walk away with one of them. Whereas if they see a big pile of them, they're going to be like, oh, you got plenty. I'll be back. Yeah, you can kind of do that little that little psychological trick of like, oh, my God, it's my last one. I'm almost sold out. You got to grab it now. Mm-hmm. And then people mm-hmm. will like shop the beginning of the event. Like a lot of people have the strategy of shoppers of like walking around the event, deciding what they want and then coming back at the end and making their purchases. So having less quantity does kind of entice those people further to order from you later yeah and and we've also like for many years we've practiced that where like somebody i you know eyeballs three things they want and then they come back at the end and you're like all three of those things are sold out you gotta act sooner and it's an issue it's not like partly you know our problem is more like scale where like we just can't bring as many of things of every single thing as we could possibly sell so it's like we have to pick and choose and sort so it's not only a psychological game but that is often how it has played out in the mind of the browser 
Well, I think we've covered this answer pretty thoroughly. Though their secondary part of their question, which we haven't really touched on, but to me is sort of, you know, implied, they want to know how do you organize it, which I think they're asking about planogramming or like how do you, you know, display it, I think is what they're asking. You want to tackle that, Jess? Uh, I put the big ones up front. (laughs) And, And why do you do that? Uh, I think people notice them first, right? They see the big things rather than, because I make some really tiny ones, you know? I make some, like, really tiny, um, made them out of, like, notebook paper, so they fold up very small. Um, I also put the ones with the really nice covers up front. So if I have one that's, like, a lot of words on the cover, because I'm a writer more than a drawer, even though I do both, uh... I put the ones with the nice covers up front, so hopefully people will grab that'll grab their attention. People like a looker. It's true. Exactly. And you know, I would add to that sorting thematically helps people when they're browsing to get a sense of both like who and what you are and do and like what your ranges are. You know? Mm. So like if you have gardening, if you like write sort of journal entries about grocery shopping you wouldn't want to like (laughs) (laughs) i mean because we all do we just don't all publish them (laughs) and then you know and so you'd you'd like sort of separate that from like your fiction from like your things that are like how to turn records into pots, you know, those kinds of things. And cause then people won't get the wrong idea by like, you know, looking at something and just thinking you're like kind of all over the place. They can find the other things that you've made that are relevant to them. Sometimes you want to have like a big rummagey bin of something though, like a big rummagey bin. I know what I am. Mm. Like Joe always is like, you have to have the thing for people to search for because the right people will want to find the thing that they feel like they really like foraged for and like scored. Right. Yeah. And ideally, that would be on the floor underneath <laughs> the table. Like that's what would make those people happiest. And then nice and they want to like yeah. do one yeah. of these, and you know, it's that's like yeah. the, it's the one dollar bin, right? Everything in here is a dollar, and if you find a treasure, you know, you sort. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so you heard it here first, folks. This is how, <laughs> how much string and how to display it when you are at your next event. I will say, as somebody who makes zines rather than books, it's not that hard of a decision because you know books are like this zines are like this so i can bring a huge stack of zines and and it's not that much space when you're when you're talking about you know perfect bound books you do have to think a little bit harder and yeah. lift a little harder and lift a little more exactly yeah exactly i we, have packed yeah. for zine fest in one suitcase right <laughs> yeah we did Wordstock, or I'm sorry, the Portland Book Festival this past weekend, and it was like we brought one, you know, like basically one pallet worth of books, and then we had to bring another half of a pallet in restocks the next day, which was just like one of those things where you're like, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> Thanks for joining us once again. 
please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes. And please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed. You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub. On Twitter at microcosm. On Facebook at microcosm publishing. On Instagram at microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week.